0: Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps this week. This week our guest is Wendy and Colton Turner. Wendy's here already. Colton will be joining us later on.
1: Good evening. Good evening. How are how is everybody?
2: If you you say good evening like you're supposed to say good evening, infidels. You know that
1: um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? That little puppet that Ahmed Ahmed, uh,
1: yeah, the dead terrorist. <laughs> Good evening, infidels.
2: Yes, very serious.
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time, man.
2: I have to listen to it every time Colton's around because that's he's just hilarious when it, he he's constantly. <laughs> repeating that because it's funny.
1: Yeah, so that's one of his favorites. Then I take it.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Anything, any comedy is is good for Golden. He loves comedy.
0: I had, I had the pleasure of going to see Chris Rock speaking about comedy. Got to see him a uh, a few weeks back here in Austin, the Moody Center. Very very entertaining experience. I bet that oh, was. I, I bet. So, you were you work with say so your son, obviously. Doing advocacy for cannabis work. give us some backstory about yourself and your son Colton,
2: okay, um so uh, in two thousand um in two thousand and eleven, Colton was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and he uh, drowned in a boy scout camp lake camp out and uh, triggered his crohns. And we did um, the all the normal treatments that the westernized medications that everybody does when when you have a diagnosis of uh, of Crohn's. Uh, we went through all the Remicade and the Humira and the Methotrexate and the 6MP and um, gosh, I can't even remember all of the stuff that that he's been through because uh, it's been so long. Uh, and uh, he got really, really, really sick. Um, yeah. he has severe debilitating Crohn's disease and, uh, and when he was on Remicade, he ended up getting, um, uh, antibodies, uh, against Remicade. Um, so he had serum sickness and then, um, and it, it, that turned into rheumatoid arthritis. And so now he has rheumatoid arthritis because that's a side effect. And then a side effect, um, another side effect of Remicade was lupus. Uh, so he ended up with lupus, and then we ch- changed uh, to methotrexate, and methotrexate gave him this oh. bit, horrible um, nosebleeds and bad headaches uh, that he still contends with today. Uh, and then uh, Humera, we, we when we were on Humera, he ended up with um, a tuberculosis scare. Mm. And we went to the hospital. This is just a ridiculous story. Um, we went to the hospital um, because his lymph nodes were really, really swollen. They look like little golf balls stuck in his throat. And we, they said, oh, you have, you have tuberculosis. They tested him for it. He tested positive for tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Um, they quarantined us. Uh, then they said, well, we need to take uh, your lymph nodes out and test them to, because there's like three different types of tuberculosis. And we were like, okay. Um, so we ended up scheduling this surgery on September 13th, um, which was a Friday, Friday the 13th. Really? And um, we went in, got his lymph nodes taken out. Uh, he had he had a big slit in his in his throat um, where they took the lymph nodes out. And then we got a call Monday morning at eight o'clock, and they said, no, you have to take him. You have to take him back to the hospital. Something's up. Something's wrong. Um, the pathology came back that they got salivary glands and not lymph nodes, and we were like, "What? What in so the world?" Took out salivary glands and not lymph nodes.
1: Your, your we surgeon like, doesn't know the difference.
2: Well, and it was yeah. like quarantine. Um, wow. the, he was the head ENT of the hospital, and there were four people in the whole in the room with, Col- including Colton. So there were three uh, the, the ENT, the doctor that did the surgery, the nurse, and then the anesthesiologist and Colton. And, uh, and we were like, Jeez. you have got to be flipping kidding me. There's just no way that we are going to go back to you after you tell us that you took out salivary glands. So I'm Googling what do salivary glands look like? And they're like, nothing literally,
0: like lymph nodes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not lymph nodes. Um, and I'm like, how do you not know the difference? And you're the head ENT. So we went to the Mayo, back to the Mayo Clinic because he was a patient at the Mayo Clinic um, the majority of the, his, his uh, westernized medication times. And uh, they said he does not have uh, t- uh, tuberculosis, but we do think that he has T-cell lymphoma, um, which is another side effect mm. to these medications. And uh, so we went to we went through the rigmarole of getting him tested for T cell lymphoma. He ended up with architectural cells that were pre-cancerous. Um and then they were like, well there's nothing we can do now. Um if he develops full-blown T cell lymphoma with any other medication um that we put him on, like Antibio or Stellara or anything like that, then he can he he'll, he'll he'll die. You know, it's it's not He's not going to survive this. Yeah. Um, so they said, take him home, make him comfortable, you know, wait for the, the lymphoma to to do something, to get active. And then in, in the meantime, he's not on any kind of medications for his Crohn's disease. Uh, so he deteriorates really, really fast. Um, and doing a surgery or anything like that was like taking like 10 feet of intestines out and having a, dual bags because he would have to have um a bag for his bladder and a, a bag for uh his intestines and it it was just it it was just not feasible
0: that that's a nightmare it was yeah. a nightmare that's a nightmare it's already a nightmare but it's like that's just that's piling onto
1: it unfortunately that's not the first time i've heard that scenario
2: oh my gosh yeah
1: it's not it's it's crazy
2: yeah. It, it, this is very common. So everybody's like, Oh, Colton, 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 you know, he, he's, he, he's done well in the cannabis industry, um, and, in the cannabis community and well with cannabis. But the thing is, is that he is a normal kid. He is, he has not had any other than the lymph node situation. Um, He's not had anything that has happened to him that it hasn't happened to another Crohn's patient. But in his case, my husband and I fight really, really hard against these doctors um, to, to make the right decisions for him. And most, pe- most people don't have that option. Um, so what happens is that they ended up they end up having the surgery. They end up getting T-cell lymphoma. They end up dealing with the side effects because the doctors are saying the side effects aren't as bad as what the disease is. So when you take these medications, you have to take them because, um, the disease is going to kill you and the side effects are just side effects, but some of these side effects are going to kill you. Um,
1: That's the part they leave out. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm lucky
0: that like I was on Humira at one point and I was lucky that mm-hmm. when I did get MRSA and I wound up in the hospital and getting quarantined and almost losing my leg that the doctor had made the comment of sometimes the cure is worse than the disease so I'm going to take you off the cure. Yep. Is, you can't afford this. We got to end this now.
2: Yeah. And but see, you had a really good doctor and he was you're very very lucky. That's, um, most, I had
0: cr- I had crummy military
1: care. That's that speaks <laughs> volumes.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well,
1: you were lucky enough in yeah. that crummy military care to have a doctor who knew what he was doing and cared.
2: Yes. <laughs> right. Or at least saw that this wasn't working. Yeah. You know, and could admit to the fact that this isn't working. You know, and a lot of doctors can't do that. So we have these oh, wow. issues. Where, you know, we have patients that have the same sy- symptoms and issues that Colton did, but their outcome is completely different um, because they are listening to the doctors and the doctors just don't really care that much. Uh, they're busy with their next patient and you know busy with other things and, and they just don't really take the time. and a lot of doctors are, are just overwhelmed. Yeah. So they don't have the time. Um, so I encourage anybody out there listening. You know, if you have a child that has any kind of biological um, things that are that are going on in his brain, that you know he understands biological sciences, get him into doctoring and and nursing and and helping people because it's it's there's we don't have enough doctors out yeah. there.
1: Not but, enough doctors like that, anyway.
2: Oh so, yeah, definitely. Um, so we encourage as many, many young people to get into the the medical practice as possible, but, you know, we ended up, you know, finding this all out because of trial and error. And, you know, it was just one thing after, after another, and Colton ended up in a wheelchair. Uh, he looked like a cancer patient with hair. He looked, he looked like death. I mean, he just. He was so skinny. He was about 80 pounds and he was in failure to thrive and failure to, um, failure to grow. Uh, he was just continually losing weight and just not eating. And then we ended up watching the documentary about Charlotte, um, Charlotte figgy and, and Charlotte's web. And, uh, we were like, yeah. And we, we were like, well, if it, if it helps her and they were talking about how it simulated her appetite and, you know, you know, everybody knows that, you know, cannabis and marijuana gives you the the munchies. So we were like, well, maybe if we gave him that he'd eat. Yeah. And
1: logical thinking. So that's how it started out. It was from an appetite perspective. Okay. I I was going to ask how y'all came about with the the whole cannabis, the the trying it and and experimenting and because that that was going to be the next thing. How did you find it? What got you there and and what was your reasoning behind it? And so it's interesting that, that appetite was the reasoning behind it. So tell us how it went from there, how Um, it progressed to, to actually being a treatment.
2: Well, Colton will never eat a brownie for the rest of his life. Um, because we gave him brownies, because it's the only thing that we knew how to do. And he was 13, (laughs) so we weren't going to allow him to smoke. Um, But we ended up seeing Charlotte. Say that again?
0: Makes makes, sense. Makes sense.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we were trying to be decent parents. Um, But we saw Charlotte, and we were like, well, you know, if it's an appetite a antagonist then we probably need to to try it um so then I started doing my research um and and it's really I say research um and then now that I'm actually into research I I wasn't doing I was googling um and I googled a lot and I googled everything that I could possibly think of when it comes to cannabis and Crohn's um or just cannabis but I ended up stumbling over a, a study that um, was, came out of Israel in October of 2013 uh, that was for Crohn's disease. And it looked like, um, how it read, it looked like it could have been very close to beating placebo. Um, so that's unheard of. But the, the trial was, was really informative, and it really helped me make a decision that, you know, hey, we need to give this to him. And so we found a friend of ours who we knew where it was, you know, a closeted stoner and said, you know, hey, do you have anything that we could give Colton? And we ended up uh, making brownies. Sure. And then, two, about two weeks after, since when he started the brownies, about two weeks afterwards, um, he was like, he was a totally different kid. Um, and this was in October of of 2013 and it was cold outside and we had all the windows open, um, in our house because we didn't want our house to smell like cannabis and our neighbors freak out. and um, it was, it was just crazy. Um, so we ended up making the brownies, ended up doing well. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're in Colorado. So it really helped.
0: Well, it is getting to be our break time here at the Lone Star Collective podcast. So, we're going to we're going to just move on to our sponsor segment here for a moment. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This week our guest is Wendy Turner. Her son Colton Turner will be joining us here shortly on the Lone Star Collective podcast this week. We'll be right back after our sponsor break.
3: Drive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas. A full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit ThriveTX.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective, distributed on Spotify,
1: iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information
3: regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Graves.
0: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps this week. This week, our guest is Wendy Turner. Her son, Colton Turner, will be joining us real soon. We've been talking about their backstory and how they stumbled into cannabis for treating Crohn's and rheumatoid arthritis and lymphoma and an ENT doctor that doesn't know the difference between his his butt and hole in the ground, apparently.
2: (laughs) For sure. (laughs)
1: i mean interrupt you, I was I curious it. before we went into the break there. I was thinking in the back of my mind, as listening to you tell a story, uh, how long, what was the time frame from diagnosis through all the different drugs and all that hoopla that you led us through uh to, to cannabis? How what, what was the time frame between start to that finding cannabis?
2: Uh so Colton was Colton drowned on a June third of two thousand eleven, he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in September of two thousand eleven. He was fully diagnosed with Crohn's disease by the Mayo Clinic because they only gave us a, a little bit of um, a little bit of a diagnosis, like seventy five percent, in January of two thousand twelve. So we absolutely knew what we were dealing with, and then um, two thousand thirteen o- October. October of 2013 when, is when we started using cannabis, um, or we tried it, and yeah. then um, oct- then February of 2014 uh, is or actually it was March March 4th of 2014 is when we moved to Colorado. Um, October 24th of 2014 we is when we discovered that he was in complete clinical remission.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. Now you say that he won't eat another uh, brownie. So I got to ask if brownies was what helped him. <laughs> yeah. What What's up with the brownies?
2: <laughs> he, well, that's the only thing that we knew how to make. Yeah. Um, so, just sick of it. Yeah. Oh gosh. He ate so many brownies. So he ate brownies in two weeks in, in October. And then we had to take him off of cannabis because he had to go back to the Mayo Clinic for a colonoscopy. And so we had to make sure that his his system was clean um, because we'd get thrown in jail. Yeah. And uh, then from March 4th <laughs> to uh, about sometime at the end of March, um, maybe the, around the 29th or 25th, something like that, uh, from, from then he ate brownies. So... He ate three brownies a day oh, Lord. for yeah. a little over a month.
1: Enough said. <laughs> month. Yeah, tired of brownies. I oh my it.
2: gosh, tired of brownies. Yeah. I was, we oh, were tired of making brownies. Anyway. So, what
1: did you figure out an alternate way? Obviously, uh, for him to take it.
2: Well, we um, started doing some interesting research with uh, Charlotte's Webb, and that's the reason why we moved to Colorado we found another caregiver that made, um, something very similar, uh, same strain, um, but different carrier oil. And, uh, so we started giving him just regular CBD and then we, and we kept giving him edibles. So he would take, you know, um, cookies or we figured out how to infuse other foods. Goldfish crackers was his, his go-to, his favorite, um, We ended up trying juicing and things like that. But then um, we ended up finding out that we could extract the THC and the CBD in two separate bottles. Uh, So they, his caregiver made him a CBD bottle and a THC bottle, and we were able to dose it um, together uh, in in a way to where we understood how much cannabis he's, or how much THC he was actually getting. Um, per dose. And we started doing, once we started doing that, we really found that he, he felt the best out at a one-to-one ratio. Um, so we were, we were putting, you know, 15 milligrams of CBD in a, in a capsule and then 15 milligrams of THC in a capsule. And that he really felt like he felt energetic. He wasn't, um, tired, but he wasn't not sleeping. So when you have Crohn's disease, you have insomnia, but you have fatigue. You can't sleep, but You're you can't. You're in sleep. pain. Yeah. You're in
0: pain and you can't sleep, but then your body's like, I don't have the energy for this at all. Exactly. It's like, it's like you've got the flu nonstop.
2: Oh, no, nonstop. That's the worst flu that you can possibly get, um, is, is like Crohn's disease. And then, you know, on top of it, having all the body aches, um, of rheumatoid arthritis and, and lupus, and, um, you know, so we, we ended up dosing him to where both of those things could, um, we, we ended up at a one-to-one, you know, that's, that's how he felt good. Yeah. And, and then we finally got a colonoscopy on October 24th of 2014. And, you know, after trial and error, after, you know, ed- edible, after edible, after gummies, after um different carrier oils um we found that THCv does not work for him because it's an appetite suppressant um and so he was losing weight we found out that gummies were bad for his system uh we found out that coconut oil is probably not the best to give to somebody who has a Crohn's disease or um UC where they have a lot of diarrhea um, mm-hmm. because it is a diuretic <laughs> and it makes you go more um, so it's a laxative of sorts yeah So, um, so, you know, all the trial and error, we finally got a doctor that decided that he, they would um, do a colonoscopy for us and we begged them. And they said, if, if this doesn't work, if he is still diseased and he still has all of this inflammation and ulcers and granulomas and everything in his, in his system, then we're, we are going to have to call CPS. If you don't go with what we're going to tell you to do, you know, so put him on another biological. And we were like, okay, um, we can see it because he's out of a wheelchair. He's, he's throwing snowballs at his dad. He's, uh, sc- he's scooping snow. He's riding his bike. He's walking up and down the street. Um, we lived on like a, a, the foothills of the mountain. So he was walking down the side of the mountain to get to the grocery store, which was about a half of half a mile. Um, but he, he was being a normal teenage kid. And we were like, you know, we, we know that we're onto something here. We know that, that something is good and something is working. Um, so we want to see the colonoscopy. We want to know how well it's doing. So we had a before colonoscopy from January 10th of 2014. And then now we have this, uh, colonoscopy from October 24th of 2014. And, they were they're completely they're night and day a a person that doesn't know what they're looking at could understand what what they're seeing
0: yeah i mean you look at it the pictures that come out of it you can tell a nice healthy colon it just looks like flesh like typical flesh like the inside of like your mouth and then there's one that's disease that has sores and blisters and pus pockets and it's bleeding, and it's agitated, and it's spasming.
2: It was disgusting. Ah. But it was just crazy. We, 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 his doctor was like, this is nuts. Um, we thought for sure that she was not going to be on board. Um, but we had to take that chance. Yeah. So we we did, and we rolled the dice. And, you know, I, I told Colton one time, I said, you know, When you're diagnosed with Crohn's disease, you're, these are the cards that you're dealt. It's time to play the game. And he, after that, after that colonoscopy, he looked at me and he's like, remember that time when you told me that these are the cards that we were dealt? And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, we had, we got a a hand of twos, but we're winning. And I'm like, it's all you, it's how you play the game, you know, and we, we may be winning with twos, but we're still winning. And it was just, it was an absolutely incredible sight to see. His doctor was like, I don't know what to say. Um, I ended up getting phone calls from her, from other patients that she, she couldn't give advice to any patient that that was coming into her, uh, any pediatric patient, because it was still federally, it's still federally illegal, you know, It was just Colorado that was doing this. Um, They just, you know, um, passed rec and it was a big controversy. And so the doctor was like really hesitant uh, to talk to patients about uh, using cannabis, but she wanted to, but she couldn't do it because of the policy that the hospital had. Um, But I could. So she would give them my phone number and I, they would call me and I would, Set down with them and say, okay, this is your endo- endocannabinoid system. This is what we did. Um, this is where we feel like you should start. And we, you know, just work together. And we probably, she probably sent me, you know, 30 to, to 40 patients that were using cannabis um, for Crohn's disease out of her office. And then her, her brother got involved in it. And now they, they have like a, a grow and a cultivation center and, all sorts of stuff. So they're right. actually doing some really, really good work.
1: Cool. And all these people are having success. I take it, or most um, of them at as least. Far as
2: far you I know, um, I don't. I don't really get a lot of updates. Um, other than the occasional, you know, I, I heard your story, and you, you know, I decided to contact you, and we go through what to do, and then, you know, two or three months later, they're like oh, by the way, they're doing great. You know, we haven't, there's only been one time that we've ever had a patient come back to us and say, it doesn't work. And I don't know if they were actually, you know.
0: the it, And it's, it's its own little balance. There's some people that react very differently. Like I was reading through y'all's site that y'all, you had tried CBD only and CBD only did not work. And there's people that CBD only works for them. Right. There's people that C only works for them. And it's this balancing act of figuring out. And then there's some people that just aren't responsive. And that's right. the luck of the draw, unfortunately.
2: And it is. Um, or sometimes it's just not, maybe you need more CBD. You know, maybe I, I ended up at, to be in Topeka, Kansas a couple of weeks ago, um, working on some legislation for, for Kansas and I ran across a senator that said, Oh, my my wife has MS and and she tried C B D and it didn't work. And this was the reason why he wasn't going to vote yes for the bill. Yeah. And I said, Well, C B D didn't work for my kid either. I said, but we kept trying different other different avenues of cannabis and we found something that did work and THC worked. Did she try THC? And she he's like, Well, no, why you know, we would never do something like that. And I said, Well, but maybe she needs to. I said, my son was 13 years old and he wasn't high. I said, so if that's what you're afraid of, you're afraid of something that is, it's a myth. You know, you can actually use cannabis and not be high. And uh, he's like, well, I'm still going to vote no. And I said, well, you're voting no for kids like my son, um, who cannabis does work for. I said, it's not fair to them that you would vote no just because CBD didn't work for your wife and we don't even know what she took and how much she took. Yeah. You can't give us any details. It's,
0: it, it's like, that's wow, dude, you're going to lash wow. out at everybody else because it didn't work for you and your wife. So now everybody else faces a penalty because, well, didn't work for me. Everybody else suffers with me getting right. my it'd boat. Be, it's like, really? It'd be like,
1: like um, uh, not approving something like, um, uh, Theraflu or, or something over the counter that helps with flu or, or what's the one, the prescription drug, Jesse, that I'm trying to think of for the flu. Uh, oh, what man. is that one? That retroviral? I, it, yeah. I can't even about. think of the name of it. I want to but, call Theraflu. Know, uh,
3: uh, yeah. One of
1: the, yeah, Theraflu is an over the counter thing, but uh, anything, anything at all, hydrocodone for that matter, if it right. didn't work for some, why would you, you know, why would you not at least approve it for the people like they have for the people that it does help? Tamiflu, you know? that's the name of it. Yamiflu. Tamiflu, that's it.
2: Tamiflu, yeah. <laughs> yes. But, you
1: know, why wouldn't you, why would you not approve that? Because it didn't help Joe or Susie over here when it, helps it, when 20 it helped 20 other people on the other side, you exactly. know, it makes no sense. And well, so I hopefully. mean,
2: the, oh, there's Colton Turner. Um, The the thing is, is that we have we have been up against senators and representatives um, that one senator that actually told him that he could die. And that was okay with him because it wasn't FDA approved. And I was like, are you kidding me?
1: Yeah.
2: So just because it's not FDA approved means that he can't take it. So that means that he could he could die from not taking this medication and that's okay with you. And they said, yes. And I said some choice words.
1: Oh, I can and, only imagine.
2: Uh. Insanity. Uh, what? Say well, that
0: again. I said, it's insanity.
2: Let's, it is insanity. I just don't understand. I, I don't, it is. It, I just don't understand it.
0: Let's hear Colton talk about this.
2: <laughs> hey
4: guys, we got him here. guys, doing? Glad to see Colton. I was at work. Ugh.
1: But well, yeah, facts alive. Facts alive.
4: <laughs> but yeah, it it's it's an absurd way of thinking that um these politicians or these people who are appointed and are the people who are meant to represent us the people, only care about the people as a statistic. You know, when the people are coming up to them and saying, Hey, this is a problem and this needs to be solved, they're like, Oh, well, it's not in our system, so it's not our problem, we don't care, you know. Regardless of whether or not it's, a you know, you know, American lives at stake, they don't care because it doesn't fit into their charts and their their schedules and their rosters. So it's it's a ridiculous thought that, you know, these politicians and all of these people are just ignoring the vast majority of people that just that are benefiting from this medicine. But they they don't care. They don't consider them as people. Yeah it's, it's really sad. And it's something that we need to change because, you know, what's, what's wrong with using cannabis as a medicine when all these other medications are okay.
0: It's that thing of, unless it happens to me, it's not, it's not something I need to worry about. Mm -hmm. Unless it happens to my family, I don't care. And it's like, wow, um, you're a representative, (laughs) your job's to take care of your constituents, not just the ones close, the
4: people close to you.
2: Absolutely. Right.
4: And it's, when when people are going up to you and saying hey this medication isn't FDA approved but it's helping people help us make this medicine available they go "No." and as a matter of fact if your kid dies I don't care
1: Yeah, I just can't I can't fathom that because you know uh I don't know if y'all are aware realize or not but my kid did die because he didn't have access and uh, that's why I'm here that's why I do what I do and to hear that a politician told you that just, just shakes me to my core that anybody would even have the gall to do that. And I apologize for to you for that because that's insanity. It, it's most extreme form, in my opinion. I mean, that's why I do this because I don't want any other parent to have to do what I do each and every day, which wake up and he's the first thought that comes to my mind period you know and of course his story is different than yours his was epilepsy uh, and medications made his condition worse and I believe medications are the reason why he died uh, because he went from uh, you know unpatternistic could be three months in between could be a year and a half and then it was two three times a week right before he passed away so and the only thing he did was medication so we got to go to break so. so it is
0: it is time for our sponsor break here at the lone star collective podcast i'm your host jesse williams i'm joined by co-host gramps this week our guests are wendy and colton turner who'll be right back after these sponsor messages
3: Oak Cliff Cultivators
0: is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, delta eat, and merch. For more information on their products quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com.
3: Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas. A full service cannabis solution that is doctor owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit ThriveTX.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Grams.
0: Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps this week. Our guests are Wendy and Colton Turner. Welcome back. Thanks
2: for having us back.
0: So this Good has been, be quite the, been quite the discussion we've had about crones and senators and representatives telling you, I don't care if you die in a ditch, because that's basically his, his what that equivalent to.
2: His name was Doug Lamborn. We have to like, we have to tell people that. Remember his
0: name, Doug, Doug Lamborn. Lamborn. Yep. In
2: Colorado, Doug Lamborn. There's a, a huge Facebook page that says vote Doug Lamborn out, but we're, we're not being very successful because he got voted back in. Um,
1: we know but, what that feels like here in Texas. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. most certainly do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so how is Texas, by the way? I have my my son lives in Texas, so he's a, he's an official Texan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it All depends on what parts you want to know about.
0: If you live in Austin, we basically have what I, from my understanding, Eller in this last week, we got a weed delivery service in this city now.
3: Apparently, oh there's kidding. a
0: guy. Apparently, there's a guy running around. It. You call him up and tell him you want some weed, and he'll deliver it to you. Hmm.
2: This is legal or is he
0: not legal? So, what it is is our state constitution apparently is lo- as long as the city has a charter and is what's called a home rule city, they can prioritize what they want to enforce and not enforce. So, as long as the state legislature doesn't prohibit this non enforcement or enforcement, and an example when cannabis in Texas is explicitly in our hemp law, a county or city cannot ban. Up. Yeah. You cannot outlaw it. So the legislature has specifically said you cannot outlaw this or create ordinances against it. But, right. but there's no rule in the, our law that says you have to enforce the cannabis law with marijuana. So Austin and a couple other cities, Austin's been the biggest one so far as we have gone as far as decriminalizing misdemeanor amounts of flour. And our DA has said, I'm not going to even go after personal usage amounts of concentrates either. Uh,
2: Good for them.
4: I'm pretty sure that uh, five cities uh, in Texas also just uh, decriminalized uh, low-level possession as well. So we, I, I can't say the names off So the top so, of my so head.
0: So we, we've been putting out information about that. It was uh, So we had San Marcos, Harker Heights, Elgin, Colleen, and Denton. Oh. And so far, Denton, their city council voted... To go ahead and accept the result but their city manager is saying nope i'm not going to have the police department ignore this uh harker heights voted to repeal it they're like we're not accepting this ordinance at all Yeah, the city of Colleen has said well we're not going to vote for it and we're not going to vote against it let's see about altering it so we're going to put this to the wayside and get some advice first
2: that's nuts i don't understand how when people vote something in that you can take it away from them.
1: Uh, that's the, not how
2: this democracy works.
1: That's the the way the 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 way they think today. You know, uh, I just I don't get it either. But it's like the thought process of okay, sixty. I think the lowest number. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse. The lowest number in one of these five uh, jurisdictions for approval was sixty-two percent. I believe that was. It's either Colleen or Elgin. I believe it was Elgin, if I'm not mistaken. But it might have been Colleen. But one of them was by 82%.
0: Oh, San Marcos. San Marcos had like
1: 82%. So, I mean, every one of them are clearly more than a majority, right? And so how can you not understand that to repeal this as they did? And what was it? Did you say Harker Heights?
0: Yeah, Harker Heights completely voted to repeal this.
1: Did they not understand that their political careers just ended with the next election that's, for their that's, office? That's
0: something that I'm like,
2: Ugh. I, I know it's just so weird because has it? I mean, come on, you guys voted back in Greg Abbott. Um,
1: well, there's a reason for that.
2: Yeah, well, and there's,
1: it's a stupid reason, but there is a reason for that, and that's because his his very uh, viable opponent made one stupid mistake early on. And that's, he said he was still coming after their guns. And that room You can't
2: do that to Texas. Yep. As a matter no. of fact, federally, it's, it, you have the right. And, and that, and I don't understand that. I, I don't understand why taking away rights is something that, that.
0: None of this makes right any thing. sense. None mm-hmm. of it, as even his opponent pointed out, he's like, none of it makes sense because Florida apparently was allowed to, to take away those rights, but yet. We, our governor here is going. No, you can't do that. And it's like, well, which, why is the scotus basically saying this state can do it, but that state can't?
2: Well, what I don't understand is
0: none of it makes any sense.
2: You can they can take your rights away if if you're a cannabis patient. So that's your right to be healthy, Mm
3: -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
2: But yet they would rather they would rather take your cannabis rights away or your medical rights away, but not your gun rights. And I, I'm a Second Amendment person. Yeah. I, I grew up on a farm. My, my sure. family is has has a hunting lodge. Um, we, you know, that was one a big thing that was going on with Colton. Um, when he left for Colorado, he, his grandpa bought him his first rifle, and he was never able to use it because we had to move out of the state.
0: If I remember correctly, DPS had made an announcement a year or so back, for Texas saying that if you were in the Compassionate Use Program, that as far as they understood, you had not lost gun rights. And I guess it's because the way that the state has structured the program, they feel it yeah. falls within their federal right-to-try laws, which are actual... Com- the actual name of those laws are called Compassionate Use Program laws. Sure. The media term for it is right-to-try. Yeah.
2: Right. In a lot, only a way- lot of people
0: don't understand that difference. I, I see Colton's itching to say something. What's on your mind, buddy?
4: <laughs> well, uh, the thing is, is that it shouldn't... When you become a medical patient, it shouldn't take away your, uh, your right to own a firearm. Uh, because when in recreational States, as long as you're over the age of 21, you can walk into a dispensary buy as much as, well, as much as you want, as much as you're legally allowed to, to buy and then walk out and still own the right to your arm firearms. If you're a medical patient, you're being forced to disarm yourself. And not only that, but it's in an, it's because of an industry that, doesn't have federal backing, which means that there's no banking, which means it's an all cash business, which means that you're a sick patient walking around with no weapon and tons of cash.
1: I I have a theory for why they, why they, why they try to do that. As you put it, that's a good way to put it. You're disarming yourself to be a medical patient. But, but my theory is I'm a, I'm an avid student for over 40 years of politics, government, economics, our political parties, the whole ball of wax. And it's a miracle that my mind hasn't just exploded with all that crap. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, before my son passed away and I started in in the cannabis world, right? That was my thing of interest. And and my theory is that's one of those backdoor ideas that if we put this in there, that's going to be a deterrent to keep more people from getting into it. And, and by doing so, we'll make it less successful and less likely to progress. That's my thought. That's why they put that in there and why they why they want you to give up your rights.
4: I think that it has a lot to do with Reefer Madness and the idea of, oh, this person is going to use the marijuana. Let's make sure that they don't have a gun so they don't go on a killing spree. Well, because there's that there's aspect, kind of too. Because the pe- people have that mentality that people well, can use cannabis. They, they've been able
0: food. to they've been able to convince people still to this day that they're like, well, the government's right about that. And it's like, why well, well, aren't they right? And it's, it's strange. Cause you know, sometimes these are the same people. Like I don't trust the government. to Tell me what mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And it's like, Oh yeah. But you believe that propaganda about somehow the guy with uh
4: marijuana is bad, but the guy who's drunk, isn't these yeah. are the same people walking around saying, I don't want the government to know my face or to know where I am. Meanwhile, they're walking around with a driver's license mm-hmm. and an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. I don't want yeah. them tracking me, got got
0: location services enabled on their phone.
1: Yeah. Well that's, <laughs> it was the same thing with the COVID vaccines. Everybody's, oh, you know, they're putting nanoprobes in there and they're they're gonna track you and all this and okay, you're you're posting that on your iPhone. That you carry with you everywhere even to the bathroom and
0: i'm i'm from the military
1: <laughs> so they're like
0: they're gonna get your fingerprints they're gonna get your blood they're gonna know
4: everything about you and i'm like they already know everything about me
2: They already more... know everything about everybody
4: they they have illinois has my fingerprints when uh illinois just uh had their program getting started up uh we moved back to illinois for a little bit and for me to get my medical part card not only did i have to get my fingerprints taken but my dad who was my caregiver He also had to get his fingerprints taken. That's insane. And and that's just part of the program. I mean, it's been removed now. But that was the idea at the time is that they were like, we need to have our information on all these criminals. You know, like the criminals are the ones who are going to go through the legal system and make sure that they can, you know, become a part of the system to get medical cannabis legally. You know, because criminals totally do that. Yeah. They
0: always follow the law. Don't you know that? Yeah. Except for one time, that's what made them a criminal.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's the one time they didn't follow the law. So. And know. if they were
0: in jail, don't you know they're also innocent? Everyone's innocent in jail.
4: Exactly.
0: Everybody. <laughs> Fun system how it works. It only works this way in America, though. It's very strange. Yeah.
2: It is strange. I don't know why we do it. I mean, we have the power to change it. I don't know why we don't. We really do have
0: the power so so what's what's interesting is this discussion's happening, and I'm watching South Park this past week old, <laughs> old season about them protesting the war in Iraq back in the mid two thousands
1: yeah, and the
0: culmination yeah. of the episode is they basically went, well, we want to go to war, but no, we want a right to protest and not go to war. And they said, this country's founded on we <laughs> will say one thing and then do another, and it looks perfectly legit, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. I've always said that the the best, if you're going into marketing in college, then you really need to study the marketing campaign for Reefer Madness, for what the government did to cannabis all those years back, you know, in 1937. Mm -hmm. And really focus on that campaign because they did it stellar job of oh yeah and the whole world not just mm-hmm. the united states but the whole world exactly to that this is a bad thing and that nobody should be using it the whole world absolutely so, this is the best camp- marketing campaign that i've ever seen in my entire life
4: yeah because then not only did we make it illegal ourselves but then we said to all these other countries hey we made it illegal but we're not going to trade with you unless you make it illegal too
1: yep
0: there's, there's, as I took advertising, I'm a mass communications major. Um, is it does? Can you make your your concept cool, and does it pop? And if you notice, all the way even through the '90s and 2000s, are like, cool kids don't do drugs, winners don't do drugs, cool kids don't do that. You want to be cool, right? They tried exerting peer pressure. They were showing you peer pressure was what was going to take you down, and instead exerted peer pressure. To try to say you were cool if you didn't do drugs but never gave a real reason why the drugs were bad other than this is your brain and it's nonsense yeah,
1: yeah.
2: we we have a this is your brain commercial
0: so go ahead and plug y'all's website
4: uh, well go ahead colton uh our website is www.coltonscrew.org that's colton with a y and crew like motley crew uh, you can also find us on Facebook at uh, Colton Screw. you can also find uh, the Colton Turner Foundation uh, which I believe uh, the Colton Turner foundation org uh, is our website uh, and we also have a Facebook page so be sure to follow us there uh, I also do a lot of uh, producing of uh, work uh, producing content for illegally healed so be sure to go check out illegally healed on Facebook as well and uh, yeah yeah uh, you know, if you guys can help with the foundation, that means a lot because we're trying to raise funds for research. So that way we can actually provide solid evidence that cannabis is, in fact, a medicine and should be treated as such. So uh, be sure to help us out if you can. Any little bit helps.
1: All right. And I'd like to I'd like to take this opportunity, Colton, to invite you back and talk further with us. Absolutely. It'd be an honor.
2: I would love for Colton to get more involved in the in the Texas cannabis scene. I, I think mm-hmm. that it's really important that we help legalize there fully.
1: We more legislative sessions the help coming we up.
2: Yeah. We'll be there.
0: Alrighty. So that is gonna do it for this week of the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined this week by co host Gramps. Our guests this week are Wendy and Colton Turner, the Wendy the Turner Foundation. You can find more information. Let me pull this back up. For those watching the video, and I'll spell it out Colton's Crew, C-O-L-T-Y-N-S-C-R-U-E.org. Colton's Crew, like you said, crew is like Motley Crew. So we thank you for joining us this week on the Lone Star Collective podcast. Everybody have a great week and stay warm.